last Friday, the Hearts went fishing up the East Coast and after a long, boring wait in the wind and a hard battle of rodding and reeling, we finally caught ourselves three points in a big, fat smoky. Welcome to the Broken Hearts podcast. Jarvie here, and I am joined once again this week by Haunting Hammy, Psycho Simon, Clammy Cameron, and unfortunately, Paddy can't be here this week. <laughs> <laughs> Together, we are the Broken Hearts Club band. Um, boys, I missed last week. Anything happen? Not really. Paddy was raging. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, listened listen back to the show. Um, some strong allegations made against me. Not all bad. Um, yes, I would declare Hearts as the greatest team in Europe, if not the world, if we beat Hibs this weekend. We'll come on to that. <laughs> um, right. Otherwise, it's been a, a really slow news week. I think there's been anything to report. Um, who was that young boy that's chose hearts over Tottenham? Oh, <laughs> aye. Flat, um, flat Sam. Aye. <laughs> Stevie, yeah. Stevie Flatman. <laughs> no, it was no, no, Flatman, no, no, wasn't no, it? Flatman. Aye. Stevie Flatman, promising centre-back. He said hearts, and I quote, hearts are a bigger club than Tottenham. And he's supported them all his life. Wow. <laughs> he never actually said that. Don't oh, sue me, Mr. Flatman. You understand why he stayed, though. As a young player, the last thing I would ever think about doing is going down south. The route is there, there's just so many players. Hey. Why would you bother? Just try and break into the hearts. So. I know. Um, well, since it's a, a slow news week, let's just crack on and talk about Arbroath. And it wasn't, wasn't the most exciting game in the world, but we'll go through it. Um, I, Simon, thought it was, I personally thought it was enthralling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Simon, do you want to kick us off and talk about the uh, lineup and original formation? Aye, so we started with Gordon and Goals, obviously. Same back four as the Dundee game Kingsley, Popescu, Halkett, Smith, um, Lee and Halliday were in, and uh, the two holding mids. And Freer, Walker, Ginelli were the three behind Boyce. So another four-two-three-one, which is obviously Nielsen's preferred formation now. We start every game like that, but Up for long. we we looked so bad as soon as Janelli had to be pulled, and we sort of went. We kind of tried to stick to that and rotated White and Boyce on the wing. They're sort of taking turns up front. Walker went out on the wing. Kind of almost seemed like we had absolutely no plan that if one of these wingers did get injured. Uh, Elliot Freer played almost the whole game, but I use the word played very loosely. <laughs> the The idea was obviously just to keep the ball, but we ended up just playing at horseshoe, sort of round the, the middle of the park, round the back four, just sort of horseshoeing it round and round and round. Absolutely no tempo, no precision with passing, no no... Nobody taking a chance, just kind of passing it about, and honestly, one of the most boring games I've ever watched in my life. Thanks for that, Simon. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm sure all our listeners watched the games, especially since it was on BBC. Uh, so let's start off with the goal and kind of work our way back almost and have a, a couple of de- debates along the way. Um, Hammy, do you want to talk us through the goal? Uh, lovely ball from Michael Smith on the 70th minute. Talk us through it from there. Brilliant. Um, I have to admit, I mean, we... We seem to constantly slate Craig White, and, and I'm not ashamed of that at all. He's not a very good football player, but a, a great finish. Um, he'd had a, an earlier chance where he'd, 
uh, he'd, he'd managed to sort of hit it straight at the keeper, but this time he he manages to do the right thing, chip the keeper, get it right over him, and a properly good finish. Um, didn't expect that. I thought he would have, you know, made the keeper make a save or something, but he, no, he done well. Good touch, ran into the box and chipped the keeper as he came running out. Um, and that's what you want your strikers to do. So, I think with the, with the goal, there, like it's, it's just very basic defending that if, if the player on the ball has time, you drop off. Yeah. So that he, if he makes a pass, you've got it covered. And if you're wanting to press, you make sure the player on the ball doesn't have time to make a pass. I'm not sure I both ever thought Michael Smith was capable of that pass. Yeah. And yeah. I think There's that's what he's back. I think you're right. I mean, they, they played well for the whole game and it was almost, they, they switched off for 10 seconds and they got punished for it. And yeah. and as good as that was for us, I, I think, yeah, we, we certainly benefited from that. Did they really have to play that well, though? I think uh, Dick Campbell's <laughs> teams are, are very hard to break down. I'm not sure if you heard the stat. Arbroath had the, was it the second or third uh, sorry, the third or fourth best home record in the UK over the last couple of years as well. Playing who? <laughs> Most, when you look at our Brove's budget, their stadium, their resources, for them to be in the position they're in, Dick Campbell is doing a very good job at our Yeah, well, so a team, like, a, a team like Hart should be able to go there and just absolutely wipe the floor with them, yeah? We should, but when you think how poor we've been away from home for the last couple of years... It's actually going to Arbroath and picking up three points. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm it's obviously absolutely buzzing with the result. The, the result can't be taken out. I'm absolutely buzzing with that. But we shouldn't be settling for performances like that and just saying a win's a win. I think that's a bad way to look at it. Um, because if we keep performing like that, these wins will not just be a win. Yeah, and there'll be some some tricky away games coming up this year as well, mm-hmm. and, uh, and before Christmas even. Um, let's talk about Craig White in, in a bit more depth, because a, a crazy thing has happened in the last week on Twitter and other social medias. Craig White and the goal machine has started getting protection from certain areas <laughs> of the fan base. So I'd, I'd go as far to say that over 95% of the fan base on Twitter was slating Craig White and up until he's at trick. Um, and now he's getting protected. And now people are, are defending him, saying that this, despite his goal, he still played shit against our broth. Cameron, what do you think about that? Do you think the rating of 6 out of 10 is harsh? No, I don't. But then you've got to remember we've got previous for, for talking about Craig White and making it quite clear what we think. And yeah. um, I think you, you have anyone at the, at the club that's, that's scored, you know, Four goals in a in a what was that three games? I think um, you you'd certainly think that they will get some protection and and that people will be happy having them in the squad because currently, as much as we've bigged up Boyce in the same way that we haven't Whiten, Boyce yeah. isn't scoring. Yeah. Um, do you think with Liam Boyce he didn't have a great amount of minutes for Northern Ireland when he was away? Literally came on and scored a penalty. And, and because he was away, he missed all our kind of pre-season build-up for the for the latter part. I think Boyce is still severely lacking match sharpness at the moment. I think he was probably the biggest, I mean, apart from Ginelli himself, probably the biggest casualty of Ginelli going off and that everything that was channeled towards him suddenly went away and there was there was no service for, for Boyce in the game. I think he was more the victim of that than, than certainly his own play, but... But it's a fair point. It could well play in it, and the fact that he isn't scoring, yeah, you've got to look at something. Mm-hmm. 
He looks hesitant, doesn't he? And that is just much match sharpness and a bit of confidence. And there was a couple of times where he could have had a shot and he done it against Rangers and he's he's obviously really good at it where he fakes a shot, the defender fully commits and then he cuts back mm. and he's got a, a clean shot on goal. But there's times where you just have to just take the shot. And he had a clean shot on goal and he'd done his cutback and it gave the Arbroath defenders time to sort of surround him and block the shot. And if he'd just taken it first time, it would have been at least a shot on target. But I think that is just confidence. I think he's second guessing what he's doing. And as soon as a striker's thinking about what he's doing, he's probably not doing the right thing. I'd also say that you're getting everything in terms of effort from him that you'd like to see. And potentially that's hurting him as well. And a lot of the time you're finding boys out in the wing playing across and or he's, you know, he's trying to cover everywhere. Whereas I want my striker in and about the six yard box, tapping those balls into the net. And he's having to do too much up there in that he's, he's out in an area that he can't score from. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the Ginelli point that he's maybe not confident that he's going to get the ball if he does just hang about the six yard box. There was, there was points where he was, he was dropping back to sort of the halfway line, pick up the ball and try and get things moving. And that's not what you want him. You want him, Obviously, because White had to come on, he had to say it's playing that number ten role, and he's, I, just, I just don't think he's a, a great fit there. Um, he was still winning the ball, holding the ball up, but like you were saying, he's, he's moved to try to do too much, and he's just not effective there. Um, do you not think we were hampered by bringing White on? And I understand bringing White on, but I think if you look at the options on the bench. We didn't really have anyone we could have brought on as a wide player. I'll go through the subs on the bench. A.D. White, no chance. Peter Harren, Ross Stewart, Stephen Naismith, Craig White and Andy Irvin, Jamie Brandon. So that's absolutely no width. So like if, width there. Yeah. When Ginelli did go off, which is worst case scenario, you've not got an out-and-out winger to bring on. I mean, A.D. White can play on the left mid, but I feel like he's more just a player we're going to bring on to shore up results. Obviously, it didn't help that we were missing Roberts as well, because mm-hmm. ideally you'd have Roberts and then Ginelli, and then if Ginelli did go off, which he did, you would then bring on Freer as your sort of backup. But we were like, you're down two wingers, and I, I guess that's an issue with the, you know, the depth of the squad there. That one injured, well, two injuries is really, really struggled. We really struggled with that. I think what worries me is that, I mean. We need that key to be able to unlock defences when, when teams set up like this and they make the pitch narrow. And, and our key almost seems to be to try and to try and get out wide and use those wingers. And, and when we have to play down the middle, we don't seem to have that player in there that can make the link into the striker. And we're really, we really lack that. It was kind of, we had a lot of the ball and no cutting edge whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. It was a, I think... Robbie Nielsen still sees Jamie Walker as an option to fill out on the wings. And in my books, he is not a winger anymore. Yeah, leave him alone. Leave him at a time. Yeah. Yeah. But White and I, um, going back to White and, like, you know, again, done took his goal very well. If it's a toss up between him and Boyce, so I would, I know White and Scott four goals now, but I just feel Boyce adds so much more when he's up front. Than yep. Whiten does, and but there's an argument to be made that they could play together, though I would say as well. Might come back to that later. Yeah. Well, well, Hammy, you must be reading ahead on the agenda here, young man. <laughs> so we'll talk about the, the upcoming Hibs games separately, obviously. But just just now, you have to play the same formation Robbie always does: one up front, 
Who are you starting against, Hibs? Whiten or Boyce? I'm starting Boyce. Yeah. What about you, you guys? Oh, yeah, still Boyce. Yeah, Boyce for me as well. I think, Boyce like Hammy, Hammy says, he, he adds a bit more option. But I wouldn't be unhappy if he played Whiten because he is scoring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think this the reason... So I, I'm the one who put the, the team up, obviously. But the reason I gave Whiten a six is because I think a six is fine. If you score one goal and a 1-0 win as a strikeout, getting a six is fine because he done fuck all else the whole game. <laughs> he actually lost the ball multiple times. How can you then say he has a seven or an eight? That means he had a good game. He didn't have a good game. He had one good moment. If you're a hip centre-back and you see Whiten on that team sheet up front at the beginning of the game, you're, you're rubbing your hands. Oh, aye. Ryan Pontius all ragged all Whiten about the place. Yeah. But he wouldn't boys. Exactly. It's, um, I wouldn't say it's quite quite a, a nice problem to have as yet, but you know, if Whiten keeps scoring, if he keeps plugging away in the league, you know, he could uh, force his way into the starting lineup over Boyce. It's over yeah. to Boyce to respond. The the yeah. pressure's on Boyce now. So this, these are the these are the moments. Take it. Boyce a hat trick on Halloween. <laughs> That's what we did. I would I would say that we and I raised it last week and that we were never going to have every week with the six goals. You know, we scored from... We had nine shots on target against Dundee and we scored six of them. So we scored two-thirds of our shots on target. We went from that to four on target and one goal. So down to a quarter. It shows that we... Yes, the shots weren't there, but we were clearly less clinical as well. You just aren't going to have those big weeks every week. But I think the more worrying part was certainly the, the creativity. And the defence. Yep. So that's something Dick Campbell even said himself after the game. He said, aye, Hearts, Hearts looks good, but they were, they were severely lacking in creativity. And like you have touched upon, Ginelli goes off. You know, if, if we're relying that heavily on, on one man to be creating things, that's worrying. Um, aye, because even if he is declared fit for the Hibs game, Ken, what I'm saying, if I'm Ryan Jack, kick him a couple of times, rotate the bookends, make sure he's no fit. Make sure that he's at least 50% by the time he has to come off. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not like what you want to hear with football, but that's what you do. Yeah. Um, you were saying there about the, the lack of wood. It just shows you just how lacking we were, considering Levine's left us with no wingers. <laughs> We've signed. We started um, Freer and Ginelli, and you've got Roberts injured, and we're left with not one winger on the bench. We've got Lewis Moore left wing. We've got Ewan Henderson who can play right wing in the squad. I don't know why they weren't even on the bench there. But mm-hmm. we, um, aye, it seems we're, we're, despite three wing winger signings, we're still right. lacking in depth. Crying out for Callum Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who he's doing at Falkirk, actually. I need to, to have a look at what they've been up to. Um, I'm still glad he's not on the team. Moving on. I'll tell you what, with this, with this being Halloween week, absolutely no one is going to fear Freer. Oh, <laughs> okay. oh Did you oh, see uh, quite near the end of the game, simple ball out to him near the touchline. He couldn't even trap a ball. Straight out. <laughs> you see it sometimes at like every level, and I'm sure we've all done it, is when someone passes it to us, you take your eye off the ball last minute and it just goes under your foot. You feel like such a knob. But when you've been playing the way he has, the last thing he should be doing is thinking about anything else and just getting the ball under control. 
Uh, right. Let's talk about another area off the park and somewhere which has been a bit better all around, you could say. Let's talk about the left and right kind of wing back or just left and right back situation with Michael Smith and Stephen Kingsley. Michael Smith, would you agree, was a usual 8 out of 10? Yeah, I gave him a 9, him and Gordon. Oh, 9. Apologies, Michael yeah. Smith. Just just for the assist. He played, he played really well again, all round. It just feels like he does nothing. Like, you never think, like, there's never been any incidents. It's never a drama. It's just, there's just nothing. Like, the, the team just have nothing down our right-hand side. I feel like he just mops up everything and he just makes sure everything's going. And he's like an extra centre mid when we have a ball at this level, when we have the ball at this level, because yeah. he's so good on the ball that he's so comfortable. He can just take the ball and just just help out. Yeah. Um, Cameron, Kingsley had a, a quieter game, but he still looked tidy again. I mean, he was always going to have a quieter game. You would have thought it would yeah. be quite something to live up to before. But no, I thought he looked fine. Um, yeah, it's solid. I think I think you cover it there, solid. Hi. Um, yeah, that was it. Nice and neat and tidy at the back. Uh, let's talk about the uh, something that's a little bit more different, the, the centre of the back four. Halke and Popsku. <laughs> <laughs> uh, defensive pairing still quite sketchy. However, a clean sheet in the back. Um, my opinion is that it's a strange one. Although they looked pretty sketchy a fair bit of the time, I thought the positioning actually looked better than against Dundee. So they kind of looked a bit more composed, but they were making a lot more individual mistakes. Um, Hammy, <laughs> how are you feeling about them two at the back coming up against, you know, potentially two up front for Hibs and Nesbitt and uh, Dodge? I have to admit, it filled me with a little bit of dread. I mean, they, they are, I, I, saw, I do tend to agree with you. I think they did look a bit better. They're obviously gelling now, but there's something there that just makes me think there's a, a really major mistake coming. And mm -hmm. if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Hibs that will punish us for it. I think they, yeah, they, they, they still just look a little bit too far apart at times. And there's a, a lot of space when players are attacking them. And, and um, our both had a, had a few good chances when the players were able to turn, you know, they were backing into the center and the player was able to turn and that's not what you want. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm not too convinced yet, but there's literally nothing else we can do. So it's going to have to be them. I think they were both a bit caught out by how little protection they had from Ollie Lee and Andy Halliday, who I have to say had some of the worst centre mids performances we've had in the last year. And that's saying oh, something. Yeah. They were awful. Yeah, um, They no. gave them no protection. And without Craig Gordon, who I know we're not talking about, it could have been 2-3-0 at one point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just before we move on to the, the centre mids in a bit more detail, I've, I've got a funny feeling Peter Haring is being kept uh, fit and fresh for the Hibs game. He's going to start at the back. Well. Do, you think, uh, do you think he'll do a job for us? Do you think he's fit enough to go in and play at that high level? You hope if he can if he can play like 75 minutes against Hibs and be at the level that we know he can play at, it, I, think it gives, I think it increases our chances so much more and it's... Mm -hmm nuts how good a player he is for us but he's also a player in a position that we really need we've got good center mids that are good on the ball but defensive positioning wise Andy Halliday's not really a defender Ollie Lee's much better in the final third Andy Irvin's good but he's he's still what 20 just turned 20 year old mm -hmm. 
So he's still super young. Um, I can't even think of any other ones, but I think Peter Hannon is just, he's just got that ability. And also, if someone like Doidge is playing, I think Peter Hannon can handle him in the air at corners and stuff like that. I oh, think easy. he'll be absolutely fine with that. Whereas if I think Hannon's out, Doidge will have an absolute field day against Popescu and um, Halkett. Mm-hmm. Hi. Um, I'm very much hoping that Haring starts. <laughs> we, we said about Porius ragdoll and White, and I think um, Haring would ragdoll Naismith. Looking forward to it. I don't, I don't know why. In fact, I was going to start talking about the Hibs game. Let's contain our excitement. Wait till we talk about it properly. Um, aye, Ollie Lee and Andy Irvin, Simon, then. Um, very, very quiet game for both of them. At times, it was easy to forget they were actually on the park. Yeah. We did pretty much start just playing a game of long buyers on the coast. Um, <laughs> so Janelli went off. But um, let, let's talk about Ollie Lee specifically. He's been getting a lot of criticism um, after that performance online. But against Dundee in that deep role, he's done well. He had two assists. What's happening, Ollie Lee? I think it is just a. Uh... If someone's going to do his defensive work, he'll be fine. He can play a deep role. He can play an attacking role. But as long as he doesn't actually have to concentrate on tracking runners and defending, he'll be absolutely fine. Because one, he's not—he's just not got the mindset of a defensive player. He's not going to put in the effort the same way as he does going forward. And two, he's not got the athleticism to cover these runs all day. Mm-hmm. And so if you've not got the positioning and you've not got the athleticism, you're going to make mistakes. So I think when there's players on the park to cover him, it's fine. And Andy Halliday was not covering him. Andy Halliday wasn't covering himself. But it was disappointing that we had so much of the ball and our two centre mids played so poorly. Okay, right. Six, 60% possession in the game. Aye. And I think that was mostly... I think most of our forward passes were for Michael Smith and um, Halkett. Cameron, let's start with you then. After seeing two league games so far, who do you think our two strongest kind of deeper sitting midfielders are? Who would you be starting against Hibs, say? This is easy for me. Well, I'll let you go. Let's, let's hear it if you're, if you're straight in. Peter Haring and Andy Irvin. So you wouldn't put Haring at the back? No, I'd start him centre mid, holding mid. Mm, See, so I'd, I'd put Haring at the back myself if you were nah. going to be starting him. I think that limits... I think we will actually have more of the ball against Hibs. I think what they'll do is they'll just do what they do to all teams, even in the Premier League, and they'll treat it as a Premier League game, a Premier League level team. They'll treat it as a, a, a derby they could lose, and they'll two banks of four and counter-attack. That's what, that's what they do in the Premier League. Why would they change? And it's working for them. They're, what, top four? Why would they change that just because they're playing hearts? So I think putting Haddon in the centre of the park gives us a bit more control in the ball, gives us a bit more direction. Okay, fair point. I tend to agree with that point, but if he isn't 100%, is it potentially easier for him to play centre-back without having to do as much running back there as he would further up the park? I don't know if you do much different amount of running centre-back, centre-defensive mid. If you've got Andy Irvin alongside you as well. Hmm. Potentially. His positioning so good for holding mid, we know that. I've barely seen him at centre-back for Hearts, so I can't really comment, but he's, he's not the, the fastest guy in the first place and he never gets caught out, so I'm not I'm no worried about playing him not fully fit in the centre of the park. There it is. Right. Hammy, who would your two be? Um, 
you know, I'm very much a player best eleven, and I think Harren's easily in our best eleven in that holding midfield role. I, I was going to agree and say Irving as well, but I might throw a wee curveball and say uh, put Andy Halliday in there, just because I think he's a big game player, mm. and he'll probably turn up against Hibs. He had a can't take it. He had a terrible game, really, really bad, and that's why I was initially going to go with Irving, but. You know, I, I put, think he, put your money on for us. him to get red carded. Oh, that's a good chance. Yeah, I think a wee bit of bite in there. Um, I think that could could help, but unless he gets red carded in the first ten minutes, <laughs> which which is just as possible. <laughs> I just think Andy Irving gives us a bit more going forward. A bit I think finesse. I think we can we can get the ball. Forward quicker with Andy Irvin. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. I think I think Irvin has to be in there. Um, apart from the the potential <laughs> nearly sending off in the first game against Dundee, I, I, <laughs> I think he looked really good. Um, is he a is it potential that he was kept out with the the semi in mind as well? On I think on it Friday? was. Yeah. And we've seen had um, sorry Irvin play against Hibs and play really well. So. Mm-hmm. Aye, right enough. That was the Easter Road game. I'm sure he was up there for man of the match. Um, who would you be playing next to Irving Cameron? See, I'm quite tempted by the holiday piece as well. Just, just the, the big game. <laughs> that, that's my two. My two is that is it? holiday and Irving, and I'd put Haring at the back over Popscoot. I don't trust him yet. I think he's got a good. He's got to prove himself over a, a good couple more league games for me before he starts against Hibs. I don't think you play. Popescu and Halkett at the back for three games in a row with it, and then just change that in the biggest game of the season. I think that's... The, the, the gap between them has been big enough at times that you could put Haring in it. I <laughs> <laughs> have Haring sit in the midfield and drop into a back three or cover when when Hibs do have the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you sacrifice? Would you do a Craig Levine just play a 5-6-0? Like a <laughs> no, no. So on the ball, it's a 4-2-3-1. Off the ball, it's yeah. a five-two-three. Yeah, right. we probably would it do exact that if he was playing. Yeah, in a, in a midfield role, fair dues, fair dues. Okay, so and in front, if those two are we all in agreement that going into the Hibs game, you'd be starting Jamie Walker as a number ten. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. He's qu- wasted out wide. I know I've said it before, but he really, really is. He needs to play Aye. that number ten role. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it just me that's getting really frustrated by how much Nielsen is moving around formations and tactics? <laughs> it's like I do think uh, it, was a, it was... I don't think they'd really prepared at all to if the eventuality that Albinger did go down because, like you said, there was none on the bench. There was... Who did, we brought on Craig White in and I think he just kind of thought, well, shit, we've got a day something there. Yeah, chuck him out on the wing and play long diags. Yeah, I think it's harsh to have a go at moving players around at this point in the season. So we've had a, a very odd off season to then, you know, a completely disrupted preseason, and then to to go into these games. I think it's going to take him a while to find out exactly who he wants to be playing and who his best eleven are. Mm-hmm. It just frustrates me every time I see Walker near the touchline. Yeah, so here we go again. He's wasted, completely wasted out there. Aye, but Craig Levine. 
We're now going to go over to Hammy for some out of context Jambles kickback. Talk away and don't talk a lot of shame. So, in a week where Craig White scores a goal, the Craig White and his a goal machine thread made another appearance. Ha- uh, Jambos kickback have a new boo boy, and a poll was created about who should start in the semi final. But before all that, one poster decided to get his views out and say, What's the problem? We won the game. Our biggest performance is required next week. That was it. Last laugh, though, didn't agree. He said, we struggled against and should have lost against air fucking broth. We are heart of Midlothian. That's the problem. Oof, bit, bit rough. I agree with that. We should have lost that game. Our broth have got a better home record than Juventus, remember, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elliot Freer had a terrible game, as we've already said, and uh, Jambo's kickback were taking nay prisoners. Albeit he wasn't mentioned by name, a thread started, ex-Motherwell players, have we ever signed a decent one? Um, some posters decided to defend him a little bit, with one saying, did Freer not have to become a vegan to play with Forest Green Rovers? Lack of protein obviously affected his stamina to run 10 metres unaided. <laughs> don't know if I agree with that one. Well, <laughs> Somebody else said, give Freer a chance before putting the boot into him. Again, I agree with that. Um, and then somebody else said, is it just me or do we not have a bit of a track record for signing players who've done the business in Scottish football full stop, only for them to turn out to be duds? Mehdi Taul and John Sutton being good examples. Now, I don't agree with the Taul one. He's a Scottish Cup winner. So. Aye, Taul was quality. John Sutton yeah. was shite, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was. But somebody responded to saying, to give Freer a chance, absolutely this. This place is an utter shambles, writing someone off after one poor game on a lumpy and bumpy pitch at grounds that's most open to the offshore elements in Europe. Hardly fantastic conditions for a winger and may have something to do with why our attacking play was non-existent. But then again, maybe I'm just an apologist, excuse maker, and everything and everyone involved with hearts is shite. Support the effing team, for Christ's sake. I thought the pitch looked all right. I feel like Hi. I just got a proper telling. <laughs> <laughs> like I actually feel a bit like feel like saying sorry, so <laughs> um so then there was a, a bit of a debate about who should start in the final, Boyce or um Whiten. One poster says whether he starts on or from the bench, Whiten will super wane cult winner against them. Score a super wane cult winner against them. That's um, Oh, another one says uh, Whiten can score from open play. So Whiten, you think Whiten should start just because he can score from open play? I don't know. Well done to the boy. Now Boyce needs to get the finger out again. You can see a theme. They're very, very much on the Whiten bandwagon. He had two chances tonight. Tried to go through the keeper's leg with the first. I'm possibly being generous. Then scored with the second. He should start. Top scorer this season, and his goals per minute played even more impressive. I'm thinking he's earned a chance. Again, another one, though, said, excellent signing by Craig Levine. I don't know if he was being disingenuous there, because <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. And then just to end off with Whiten, um, I'll, I'll let you comment on this. Um, the times I had watched him before this season, I thought he was a real class act. However, I was worried that because he was not getting the breaks, as well as, in part, the players around him not getting his vision, that that would be that for him. 
He's bulked up a bit and he's now doing it himself. You never know what might happen if the players around him get the hang of him. I'm very much enjoying this. More power to your elbow, Craig. Talking about Craig White and like he's Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> you need to unlock his vision. Do, do, you, do you agree with that, Hammy? Uh, at the end of last season, before he went out on loan, I thought Craig White was absolutely terrible. I have seen nothing. And I, I, I mean, I, I, we really do give him a hard time, but I honestly feel it's all justified. He's and yeah. like, all right, oh, I scored four goals, two of them being penalties, two of them great goals, take nothing away from them. They were great goals, but this is now in the championship. There's a lower league opposition he's doing this in. Uh, it's not going to all of a sudden, you know, I'm not wanting him to start against Premiership Hibs. Three, third place Hibs. He couldn't I'd do it last be, season. So I'd love to be proven wrong. Like, oh, I'd absolutely died. love it if Craig Whiting became a good striker. But you've oh, yeah. just got to go on from what you've seen. And I don't want to do him a disservice and say that he can't be a good striker because he can. He's, I think he's got the physical attributes, at least. I just don't know if he's very good at football. Mm-hmm. Like Putting all of this season aside, see last season before COVID like at Tencastle, watching him play, genuinely, he was getting like a couple of touches a half. He'd come on and he'd, he'd literally be getting one or two touches. I've got one memory of waiting at Tynecastle, having a pop at goal, and I thought, what a strike on his left foot hit the side netting. One memory from his, that was up to like 17, 18 games he's featured in. Aye. You cannot say that people weren't up to his vision last <laughs> season. <laughs> I think obviously an argument could be made that he's not, there's not, let's be, there isn't great players behind him being able to supply him, but there's better done... players behind him than Craig Whiten. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. Aye. Everyone, everyone else in that team, like in our full starting eleven, is a better footballer than Craig Whiten. And he, he, he doesn't. No, not Elliot Freer. Boys, he's not. He's not <laughs> the full strength hey, eleven. Right. I, again, Elliot Freer did have an absolute shocker. Like I didn't even care he was on the pitch half the time, but. Well, I, I can't even tell you how many games he's played. I'm willing to let him have a wee bit more before yeah. casting him off. Aye. Just the absolute cheek that he fought the contract offer over for three weeks as well to turn up <laughs> to play at this level. Aye. This has been stewing with you for weeks. He was a Aye. vegan, so he I just feel like he. when a contract's on the offer, so when you get a job offer in your life or you know an offer if you're selling your house or something, you don't think about anything in your life for three weeks. <laughs> What gives him the right to think about joining a great club for three weeks? I mean, you would do that if you were in a really privileged position where you can take your time over and it, it might it might not be the best decision for you. But if you've no got a club and no other club are offering you, Aye. I really think you should take the offer. Yeah, I think he was holding out for a better deal elsewhere. Yeah. Yep. Arsenal. In all seriousness, well, if you... Uh, if we find a good winger in Freer, even as a backup to Roberts, once, he, once he's up to fitness, it seems he's struggling to get 90 minutes under him. Fair enough, that'll do. So one-year deal, then he can leave. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so now let's look ahead to um, Halloween Fright Night. Hopefully it will not be frightening. The Hibs game at five o'clock. Um, can we start off by talking about our kind of preferred formation and lineup um, of what we've already touched on, the most contentious of positions? Uh, Simon, do you want to kick us off from front to back and we'll kind of jump in and see if we have any other de- decisions? So, 
<laughs> Are we assuming that everyone we think might be fit will be fit, well, aka Janelli, Haran? I'm I'm sure Janelli's actually out. I think that's confirmed. Oh, great. Yep. So let, let's consider this with Janelli out for argument's sake, because that'll, <coughs> that'll shake things up a bit. Cool. So it'll obviously be a 4 2 3 1. Mm-hmm. It'll be Gordon. I know I'm going back to front. It'll be Gordon. I'm just doing all the ones we know we're all going to agree with. Yeah. Gordon, mm-hmm. Smith, yeah. Kingsley. Yeah. Halkett. But then Harry. some of you want Haran. <laughs> yeah. S- some of us want Papescu. Mm-hmm. I don't think you play Haran at centre back in a game like this when he's not played centre back for Hearts really at all. And he's not really played football at all for the last, what is it, like 18 months? Yeah. I think it's far too much, far too much pressure. Not that he can't handle it, but it's just, it's like putting him in at a different role that he's not used to playing after not playing the role that he's used to playing for so long. I think it, it was It was stupid. only Craig Levine that started playing him as a midfielder. He's been a centre back his whole life. I know, but he looks so much better. So, I mean, yeah, I completely agree. He's unproven at centre back. But two questions: Do you think Haring is the best player at Hearts? Yep. Do uh, I think he's the best centre back? No. No, no. But do you think he's the best player at Hearts? Yes. Probably. Yeah. Do you, would you agree that centre back is our weakest position? No. In this game, our our weakest position is the wings. With Janelli out, yeah. I think I think you stick with Popescu and Halkett because this is their fourth game in a row, fourth game in like three and a bit weeks. They're getting used to each other to then pull Popescu out there and putting someone different. Not only lessens Harren, uh, Halkett's impact, but it could also cause uh, issues for Harren. And I think you take away from having him in the midfield. Yeah. Fair play. Nice debating with you. Thankfully, it's up to <laughs> Luscious Locks Nielsen to make the decision on the day. So the midfield will obviously be Haran and Irvin. <laughs> <laughs> I so do if like you play the, Haran at centre back, sorry, Hammy, on you go. I do like the idea of playing Haran there and then I'm dropping in, and that I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you both get something out of it as well. So because he right. covers, he covers centre back really well. We've seen that in the Scottish Cup final against Celtic that the centre backs had nothing to do really all game until Haran went off. Yeah. Thanks, Captain Compromise. <laughs> so yeah, I'd I'd play Haran centre mid because it, it gives us an extra player in defence and it, it just allows him to, to play the role he's used to at Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um and then obviously you hope Walker plays ten, but I can see I can really, really see Nielsen putting him out wide and playing Naismith in the middle. So what Walker out wide, yeah. Naismith in the number ten and Freer. If Roberts isn't fit, probably Elliot Freer and then Boyce up front. Was there so is any... another one we believe is being kept for this game? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Simon, because I've got a very funny feeling uh, Naismith will pop up in this game. And, and yeah. to be honest, I'd probably I'd feel quite good seeing him in there for it, I think. He's another big game player. Yes. Um, Earn some of those but... wages. Yeah. <laughs> Eight grand a week, speculation. Is he, is he a player that we think will need game time to be up to match sharpness because he's not. Nah, at, at, at this level and his, his his point in the career, I think he 
he can play at this level. Well, used to be able to, I think, can play at that level, no bother. <laughs> I don't think he's good enough now. I think injuries are taking the toll. I think when you're that age and you've not had the injuries that he he's had, your ability lessens. I genuinely, I would love to be proved wrong once again. I don't think Naismith is good enough at this level. Mm-hmm. So depressing because he's only a couple of years older than us. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's like five years older than us. <laughs> what did you say exactly again? Oh, I've just, uh, I've just accidentally looked up Stephen Hamburg. <laughs> to be fair to Naismith, we were never good enough for that level. <laughs> no, it's only four years older than some of us. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, what what do you think about the likes of Lewis Moore, Ewan Henderson, like, um, with these derbies, Levine and Nielsen as well in his previous reign? Often a young a young kind of you know boy that's came through the academy can just suddenly pop up and start. Do you think one of them could feature? I hope they're on the bench at least. Aye, but no, I wouldn't start them. Janelli out, do you keep um, keep Roberts out on the left? You can keep Walker at 10, but you've got to put Ewan Henderson out wide. It's not that bad I'd, a show, is it? I'd rather that than playing Walker out wide and Naismith at 10. But yeah. I think they'll go for experience and go for... Robbie Nielsen will go for what he knows and he'll play Naismith and Walker. Mm-hmm. I agree, sadly. Yeah. If if Janelli's out, which it's looking like it is, I I'm really guided because I w- I was looking forward to Janelli coming up against um, Doig, the young left back. I think that would have been a really good battle, and I would have hoped that Janelli would have had him in his back pocket. Yeah, it is disappointing because he has been really good, and you just want to see more of these players. Mm-hmm. Guy is something to bulk at. Janelli was born in 1997. <laughs> Don't know what age you are, listener, but that certainly make a bunch of boys approaching thirty. One who is thirty, very fearful. I can remember the nineteen ninety eight World Cup. I know he can't. No. Nah. <sighs> um, Cameron, I don't know how you're feeling, but this is the most relaxed I've ever felt going into a derby. I just feel like there's no pressure on Hearts at all. Do you feel the same? I think your feelings will probably change as the week goes on and you Aye. get closer to the game. Um, <laughs> there's no such thing as a as a derby without pressure, especially on the team. They're they're going in there, and, and I would say that certainly the bookies and, and most of the media will expect them to get beat. Uh, Hibs are in decent form and playing in the league above, but it certainly doesn't take away from the fact that it's a big game. You know, it's a derby. It's a Scottish Cup semi final. It's mm. massive for for both clubs. The one thing I would say that will take pressure away from the players will be having no support there. So they could, they'll be able to play a bit freer. They're not going to have the support get on their back if we do concede early on. I'm hoping we don't, but certainly that might aid them in some way. But at the same time, you could you could probably argue that both ways and that they I think, won't be fired up by it. I think no crowds benefits Hibs a lot more than it benefits Hearts. 100%. Yeah, because they've got no fans. Yeah, I'd, because I like not being Jan, but they've literally just got a fan base the last two years. <laughs> like they have, they've had absolutely no fans for what until about three or four years ago. I disagree, though. I think they're so expecting going into this game that if something went wrong for the Maryland the game, their fan base would turn on them quite quickly in that stadium, and that would really hurt them. But we've seen 
with all the games in England, all the games in Scotland, it's usually just, with no fans, it's usually just the better team that wins. I hate to admit it, but Hibs right now are the better team. Oh, there's, yeah, there's no argument there. But I hope Robbie Nielsen goes, go fuck up their season. Take Kevin Nisbet out. If we're losing 2-0, take Kevin Nisbet out for the whole season. <laughs> fuck him. I think Nielsen and McCulloch are, are two folk you want in there before that kind of game. They'll, they'll 100%. Up to, get out. Aye. To, to be crying at the national anthem and then get red carded at one minute in. <laughs> Andy Halliday. Aye. <laughs> Uh, speaking, I'm, I really hope we get to the final and play Celtic purely to see Andy Halli- Halliday come up against Shane Duffy. Listen, right. Oh, how I heard about this on Open Goal podcast. Shane Duffy apparently wants to batter Andy Halliday. <laughs> they were laughing. Mm. Then he's joined Harps. And the only way they can play, obviously, <laughs> is if they meet in the cup. So it could actually happen. We all know the only reason this Scottish Cup is going forward is just so Celtic can continue their record, their trebles. That's yeah. it. The only reason this cup is going forward. How fucking brilliant would it be if we played Celtic in the final and beat them? Oh, can you imagine? That is the ultimate, the ultimate comeback. Eh? Getting, getting forced relegation, and the team that you absolutely screw over screws over your pals' plans. That would be better than beating Hibs in the semi. Aye. Oh, aye. One hundred percent. Beating them both after all this injustice and getting last year's Scottish Cup. <laughs> oh, aye. Then getting <laughs> promoted. Having to get it presented to us. Beating, handing over. Hammy, you shared a pick your best 11 earlier in the Scottish Cup for the three, the last three um, winning sites. Yeah. And the amount of Hearts fans just commenting, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, Hammy, in terms of the actual players and managers going into the game, would you agree that all the pressure is on Hibs? Because you think Hearts can go into this fairly relaxed? Um, from a point of that, you know, we're the underdogs and I, I would imagine the majority of people don't expect us to win. Yeah, I think it takes a little bit off it and I'll add to Hibs. If they're, if they're expected to win, and I, I can't see why they wouldn't be. Um, yeah, I think they'll, they'll fight, find it a bit harder than us, but it's, it's on us to make use of that. Um, and as I said, Lee McCulloch and Robin Nielsen hopefully should be able to feed off that and um, get into the players' heads that you know, this is a massive game. There's no fans. So it's gonna, that's, that's also going it to have a huge effect. Walking out to an empty stadium in a semi-final, they need to be fired up. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if there's no fans there. So it does... Do, I've I've seen it come down, and I speak to Hibs fans. We've got friends that are Hibs fans, and they still say, they still say, like even to this day, with everything that's gone on, they still go, "Aye, but it's Hearts and it's Hibs. Hearts just win these games." <laughs> yeah, uh, like they genuinely still go, "Aye, but these are just like Hearts. No matter what's happening in the world, mm-hmm. when it comes to the Edinburgh Derby, Hearts just win." Right. It's like see when you look at our away record, and you go right. Well, we're absolutely awful away from home. Like we could go five years without winning a game away from home, but the the record always looks a bit better than it is because we always beat Hibs. Well, what did we get? Twelve points last season, and six of that was for Hibs. <laughs> Fourteen points, I think, maybe. Sorry, and six of that was for Hibs. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Well, the Hibs at yet again. Um. Hey boys, will we be bold enough to make predictions at this point? I'm happy to say mine. What do you think? 
I'll do two. I'll do head and heart. Head and hearts. That's a good Ooh. idea. Head and hearts. I like it. Paddy, even put a wee jingle in if you can. <laughs> Mini segment. <laughs> Bonus round. The face inside the penalty area. The face at the goal line goes to ground the cross and we are yes! Simon, to kick us off then. Head, I think Hibs scrape like a 2-1 win. Mm-hmm. Heart, like, and it's close. 7-0 hearts? <laughs> <laughs> the demolition derby. No, seriously, I think, I think if we're going to win, it's going to be 1 or 2-0. That Hibs defence, although they've played fucking Nab Day and whenever they have, they have conceded. Um, they, they look all right. So one, one or two nil. Clean sheet only if Haring's at the back. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Haring makes a difference from midfield. Right, Hammy, what are you saying? Um, head. Um, I think it will be a draw. I think two two. I think there'll be goals in this game. Yeah. Um, Craig Whiten. Um, <laughs> I do. I, a couple of goals each. I thought it was just 2 2 and uh, win on pens. And then, but it's, it's really, again, for me, it's really dependent on the team we put out as well. Um, so if we play our best 11, the ones that we think should play, because so we should be managers, I think we could 3 3 1. Nice. Cameron, you've got a very serious face on. What, what's your head and hearts saying? Heart says that we scrape a win in this. Head says that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where's Paddy when you need some optimism, eh? <laughs> Paddy's head and heart would be saying the same thing, I'm sure. I swear to you, if I'm going to guess oh. Paddy's, I think he'd be saying like, Four four nil hearts. Yeah, just as well you've said that because Paddy's actually gave me his prediction. <laughs> Sorry, Paddy. Paddy, 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 Paddy. Oof, you'll never guess what he said. Two nil, two hearts for the derby. Don't oh, yeah, I knew it. Hopefully, my right, my head is telling me similar to yours, Sammy. I could see it being one one or two all. Could see there being goals as well. Extra time penalties and anything can happen. My heart is telling me I've had 2-1 in my head for the last week or two. Less confident with Janelli being out, but I, I think we can do it. Like, I think they could Hibs it again. Why not? Fucking hope so, man. It's just so stressful, man. I'm sort of similar to you, Jeremy. I'm not feeling that nervous now, but it seems since we started talking about it, I can feel it. I feel mm-hmm. it bubbling deep down. and I'm like, By Friday, I'm going to be a mess Saturday's going to be a write off <laughs> sitting shaking trying to tie my shoes for four hours <laughs> what time's kick off again? five o'clock so line up will be out at four what time does the build up start? is it like uh, an old oh, firm cup finals that start at like 9am? because uh, it's, it's Hutch and Hibs probably about quarter to five <laughs> I know. Uh, Aberdeen Celtic kicks off at when? three, <laughs> three so build up at about half nine <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents, we'll do a bit buy or sell. Mm-hmm. So, quite recap on last week. Um, 
one of the questions which was directly impacted by the game on Friday was Hearts to score four or more versus Arbroath. Um, I think the only person that was on last week that sold that line was Paddy. Negative Paddy, well done. No one has fun when you're right. Fantastic, great. <laughs> Unlucky boys. Um, I will also say that I did affect another couple in that um, you both bought a Hearts to be undefeated at Christmas. That was nearly... In, in jeopardy at points oh, yeah. and the over three goal average for the season for Hearts has taken a bit of a hit so we're now down at three and a half per game now we'll keep that monitored throughout the season Jarvis, do you want in on that do you want to, do you want to buy or sell on that on what was the goal ratio over three goals per game by the end of the season yeah what was it 27 games this season Yep. So I you, bought it, but I'm fucking regretting it after seeing that so game. So you think we'll like, score over 81 goals this season? Absolutely no chance. <laughs> hey, hey, we're on seven already. We've only got fucking maths. <laughs> 74 to go. 74 to go. Nah, I'll, I'll tell that. All right. You and Paddy have a nice life together. <laughs> I'm going to be the optimistic one. Just 81... Was eight, uh, 81 goals just seems like a lot of goals right now. <laughs> oh, and, and we, I, th- I think we all sold the pubs being open for the game this weekend, and uh, sadly, we are all correct. Mm-hmm. That one was easy. It was. Um, all right, on to this week. Um, I'll give you your first line. Um, so, kind of touching on what you've already spoke through, but I want a solid buy or sell on over three total goals in the game on Saturday. Hearts and Hibs. I'll buy that. So, 3.5 goals or over? Um, Three or more. Three or more. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah. Jervy? I'll I'll buy that. I reckon it'll be two on the Hearts. So, I'll buy that. I think I'm going to buy this with a caveat that I think if there's three goals, we might be on the wrong. They're all hips. <laughs> <laughs> I think if there's goals, I think it, it's probably not Craig White as well for us as we would like. All right, line two. So whether we end up rejoice for Boyce or Hibs fright and Whiten, I want you to buy ourselves. Two goals for Hearts in this game. Well, I'll, I'll just quickly say bye because I think it'll be two on Hearts. I'm going to buy it as well just because I'd rather be right for that and right that we've got two goals than come in and be wrong. I'm going to buy as well. I'm going to say now and... while we're recording, two on Hearts, goals from Halkett and Boyce. Because if, if I pull that off then... That'd be really nice to have recorded on a mantelpiece somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna. I think. I think. I think think Hearts score one goal in this game and they win. There you go. If there's more than that, I think we get beat. You think we're gonna see a one-nil win? I've got more confidence confidence in us doing that than scoring multiple goals against Hibs at the moment. Sebs, but Sebs only that good at the back. <laughs> this game's got goals in it, like potentially. It, 
It may they, well be. They play five you know, at the back, remember? Hibs just sit in. Like, they, they get results and it's great, and I'd wish Hearts were doing that, but they play four in midfield and five at the back. Which I think will struggle against, though. Yeah. Them sitting in like that, I do. Which is exactly what we've seen against, like, in our broth when we, we can't break teams down. Is it well, Hamden, though? A much bigger pitch. exactly that point. Very true. Yeah, so to build on that point, would you buy or sell Hearts to have over 48% possession in this game? And that's taken into mind that the average Hibs possession for a game this season, outside of when they've played Celtic or Rangers, is 52. Yeah, I'll buy that. I think Hibs will sit in counter Hearts. I honestly think that's what's going to happen. I'll buy that. I'll sell that because I think we'll counter Hibs' counter attacks. <laughs> I think we won't. It's have, no one uh, touching the ball. The ball just sitting <laughs> on the <laughs> Everyone just sitting back. <laughs> long bangers. The goalies just trying to score against each other. I'll sell that as well. I don't think we'll. I've got a feeling we'll not see much of the ball. Yeah, I have to agree. <laughs> I think I think I'm selling that line. I think they know that they are the team expected to win this game, and I think they'll want to be on the front foot and keep the ball. Exactly. I mean, I hope they do, because that's completely against the way Jack Ross has set Hibs up, so hopefully they're not very comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. But I think in these derbies, it's never that much change of possession, and the ball's in the air for more than it is actually in anyone's actual possession. Hmm. Unless you've got right. Suso on the wing. <laughs> Which Absolutely. we don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, those were the, the kind of dull... Straight stat lines. Um, moving on to the other game of the weekend in the other semi final. Um, you buy sell Celtic losing the semi final and Neil Lennon losing his job on the Monday. Oh, <laughs> I'll buy uh, that, please. See if see if Hibs beat us. Celtic better not fucking lose. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. Fuck that. Hibs winning another Scottish Cup. Yeah, Aberdeen are looking strong. Didn't he, didn't he wipe them away? Aye, Aberdeen look good, aye. Ross McCrory, um, that was Chris O'Neill's hardest <laughs> player of the year. Still a brilliant job for Aberdeen. Uh, no, I think I think Celtic will win that game. I'm going to sell. sell as well. It's Aberdeen, as you've seen at the weekend, absolute bottle merchants when it comes to Celtic. So. And oh, semi-finals. I'll buy it. I think Aberdeen will do it. I do think you think Celtic Glennon gets fired or not? Don't know. Um, aye, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he will. I've seen Celtic fans um, after oh. Eddie Howe. You're brilliant appointment for them. Fucking hate Celtic. Like the, the Bournemouth machine, <laughs> their, their massive wage budget in going all through the divisions until they got to the Premier League. Eddie Howe is absolutely made for the Celtic model in Scottish football. Aye, I think he would be annoyingly a really good appointment. Yep. I am going to buy the line just because I think it would be funny. Yes. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Yes, brother. <laughs> and for no other reason. But I, I right. do agree, though. I think if he, if he does get beat, I think he will get sacked. I think they're, they're on a rough patch and they, they all they want is 10 in a row. So it could be a good prediction. Well, do you not think... In, I think you're right. I think any other season, the manager would get more time. But this season, they can't afford to give him any time. Yeah. Have you seen anyway, it? enough about Celtic. <laughs> Just to touch on that, so they they've got Lille on the Thursday first. 
before what? playing. Yeah, they're playing Lille this Thursday Ooh. before the the semi on Sunday, and then they've got Sparta Prague at home next Thursday. Then they've got Motherwell and Hibs, then Sparta Prague again, then Milan. <laughs> like their fixtures. Yeah, I bet the board's looking. Oh, at he's humped. Going. He's gone. Yeah, <laughs> if he doesn't go this Monday, he is going soon. The the line is Monday. So. Hi, I'm I'm saying yes. I'll be good. <laughs> right um, obviously football fans won't be able to meet up and enjoy the game together um, legally so and I I would say right now that we will not endorse the fact that you should meet up but would you um, buy or sell football fans getting a telling off from Nicola Sturgeon come Monday for their (laughs) behaviour across the weekend (laughs) Was there a telling off after the old phone game? I don't know, because I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> nah, if there was going to be a telling off, it would have been after that weekend. Sell for I, I think sell, I. Sell. She doesn't care about hearts and hubs. I think we're all sell then, yeah. Anyone know what football team she supports? What kind of school does she go to? <laughs> I have a feeling it'll be Selic. It just feels like Selic. Um... I think I think we're a much more sensible bunch through here as well. I don't I don't think we'd be causing the same kind of issues as we're obviously caused through their junior home game. We're not going to Blackpool to watch a game of football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not lie, we did look at many buses to Carlisle. <laughs> Only joking. All right, last one. The next one should be dead easy. Buy or sell Paddy shouting for fuck's sake, Hearts over three times in the first five minutes. Is there a caveat of <laughs> if he's drinking or not? I don't know. If it's drinking, I think that line needs to go up. <laughs> Over seven. Yes, bye. So a resounding bye from everyone, I'd imagine. <laughs> bye. Aye, if Paddy's been drinking, it's, uh, it's, it's usually piss threats that uh, <laughs> yeah. is, is his favourite. Bye. It's or just man. screaming. Just screaming if someone's just passing the ball. Just screaming. Ah, come on! <laughs> he's a passionate wee boy. Yes. He just, he's like a wee kettle. He just needs to let off a bit of steam sometimes. <laughs> One of the Westland ones. Aye. But Paddy uh, screams instead. Yeah. And I feel like um, I previously caused allegations to Paddy, claiming that he was the only Paddy I knew that didn't support Celtic. I would just like to clarify that Paddy's name is Padraig Gaelic, and he's a big heartsman. There's no, no affinity to Ireland or Celtic. Just like to put that in there. And that's it for me. I will update you on how you got on with your buy sales come next Monday. See if Nicola Sturgeon's on stage on Monday giving us a bollock and I'll be raging. <laughs> but the thing well, is, right, I think it, it won't be us. We will all behave sensibly enough to not be included in said group. Of course. <laughs> but, Cameron, what if we win 10 0? You're telling me we're not all going to end up at Gorgie Road? <laughs> yes, yes I am, Nicholas. Oh, aye, aye, aye. Okay. Breaking into strategies, ripping the boards off the windows. <laughs> I'll be there. Well, that's all we have time for this week. We uh, wish you all the best with your nerves as we approach the Hibs game. Uh, special thanks to Padman Scoop Productions for all his time in editing. If you aren't following us on social media, uh, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at hearts underscore podcast. Thanks again to Simon, Hammy and Cameron this week. Um, aye. 
like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Share, comment, and retweet. Yes. <laughs> Social distance kiss. Social distance and kisses. Keep washing your hands for the hearts. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>